As a people, we are constantly evolving, and part of what influences how we evolve are the conversations we have with ourselves and other people. Welcome to Evolution Space Chats, where we take a moment to tell our stories, to see ourselves in each other, and to grow in dealing with our daily challenges. Hello and welcome to Evolution Space Chats with myself, Divinity. Wellness has become such an important topic and it's so important to keep the conversation going as I feel that there are so many aspects of wellness that we continuously need to just revisit for our learning and unlearning just so that in our journey of becoming we get comfortable in it and we're okay with change. Today's guest is Letitia Vambili, who is a mother of two and an entrepreneur. She is founder and co-owner of Love Your Locks, which is a natural hair care brand of products and a salon. She's a Christian counselor with MLC Ministries and a speaker. Her formal training is a BA degree in psychology and an honors degree in French studies from the University of Pretoria. She is currently pursuing a master's at the University of Pretoria in French studies focusing on trauma in the African context. Hi. Letitia, how are you? <laughs> I'm great in yourself. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I think we're going to have such an amazing conversation today. And I listened when you were saying, we were greeting back and you said you're well, thank you. <laughs> and, you know, this thing of being well mm. has been in responding when someone greets and saying, I'm well, I've become so conscious of it. And that's for two reasons. One, it's a check-in with myself to check, am I really well? And the second thing is to say, okay, if I'm well, what do I mean? Mm. What areas are well? What's mm. well? What What is not well, mm-hmm. even maybe? So I really have become so conscious of that mm-hmm. to say, what internal conversations am I having with myself yes. around wellness? Mm. What does wellness mean to you? Whew. Wellness. Yes. <laughs> the, the word in itself brings up the state of being well. Yes. Being content, being steadfast in a matter. Mm. This is divinity and she's not going to move from it mm. with regards to this thing. Yes. So when I thought about wellness, I was thinking about it in four aspects, mm-hmm. spiritual wellness, mm-hmm. uh, physical wellness, mm-hmm. social wellness, as well as emotional wellness. Yes. Because we're more than just one thing. True. We're a multiverse. And I think we sometimes forget that. Yeah. yeah. We're so hard on ourselves that we have to be this, mm. but we are so many things. Mm. And we have to not just celebrate and recognize those aspects of who we are, but check in on those aspects to say, am I okay health-wise? Am I okay spirit-wise? Am I okay emotionally? And what is my social circumstance? Mm. Does it serve me? Am I content with what my life looks like? Mm. I love that you mention all of those areas, right? Mm-hmm. Because I, when I think of it myself, it's almost like it's a checklist. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, tick social, <laughs> tick emotional, yeah. maybe spiritual. And sometimes I feel like I need to have like a 100% pass mark, mm. so to speak. Mm. And I use the term pass mark intentionally because... 
it's like if I don't get 100% and then I feel, okay, there's an imbalance or something's not right or something's wrong or I should go into panic mode. Mm -hmm. If I get 100%, then I'm like, okay, good tap on the back. You've been doing well, girl. And, you know, let's just go on. But I feel that also just puts so much pressure on us. And that leads me to balance Mm -hmm. because we throw around the term balance Mm -hmm. a lot and we are trying to balance Mm -hmm. so many things. Mm -hmm. And in just your opinion and your experience, what is the balance concept for you? What does it really mean? Mm -hmm. Can we be okay with imbalanced aspects of our lives is that like a normal thing do you feel normal because i sometimes feel like (laughs) oh no something's just not right here and i need to get some serious help Mm -hmm. you know i think balance is is the beauty of humanity when i hear balance i hear human being because as much as i've mentioned the four broad aspects of wellness wellness is 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 very diverse you can think of yourself as a mother Mm-hmm. Are you well in your motherings? There are some mothers who don't have relationships with their children. Mm-hmm. There are mothers who are too attached, too detached. Are you well with your partner or mm-hmm. your spouse? You can look at it in so many different areas, but I think it's because of the academic systems we've grown up in where we put things in clusters mm-hmm. and we must get 100% for everything. Yes, yes. But in the 100%, you lose the human aspect of you can make mistakes, there can be errors, and you lose bargaining power when you think of things from 100%. Because Mm. if you expect 100% from yourself, what do you expect from other human beings? What do you expect from your social wellness? Can your friends make mistakes? Can your spouse make mistakes? Can your children make mistakes? And it begins to affect your overall view of life. And I think you lose out on a fundamental life experience, which is that it's, it's nuanced. And for me, balance means humanity, where you give yourself the opportunity to not know, to not have the answers and to grow. When you talk about balance, you're speaking of growth. You're saying, I'm not there yet. Mm. And perhaps in this human experience, I'll never get there. Mm. But I can get better at something. Mm. But not to put the pressure on myself that I have to be 100% in that thing. I think that's an unrealistic expectation that puts more stress than it affects your wellness negatively. In the moment, though, in the moment of everything happening Mm -hmm. for do you remember to do that do you remember to be easy on yourself do you remember (laughs) to accept the imbalance (laughs) that i I have to be honest that happens later sis i can't (laughs) when you're thinking about the experience and where it will fit in the scope of your life Mm. what has this thing changed about me or what has it um altered about me then I think, you know what, maybe I should be kinder on myself. Mm-hmm. But in the moment, I cannot lie and say that that's, that's my thought processing. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to make it my life okay? so that when things happen, I'm not so hard on myself. But part of what's hard about not being hard on yourself is because the social narrative of perfection is already out there. True. I call it um, toxic superachievism mm. where you have to be achieving something. I mean, have you seen social media? Yeah. You have to be getting married, <laughs> having children, getting promotions, graduating, yes. buying a new car. There's just such a stress to have it all together, but not just have it all together, but achieve. Yes. I'm not really sure where we got that from, but it's very, very toxic for our humanity. And the interesting thing is that you see all these different things from different people. So you see one buying a house and one buying a car and one graduating so it's different people achieving different things but you put pressure on yourself to do all of them exactly you want to buy the car you want to buy the house you want to study and graduate you want to this but 
it's not realistic mm-hmm. because remember that those things were from different people. Exactly. And and we're no longer having the question with ourselves. We, you said it so well in the beginning. You you talked about internal conversations. Mm. What are my internal conversations with myself? Is it okay for divinity to say, hey, Tish, I just got a PhD. And I'm like, you go, girl. Mm. That's, that's an area you've always wanted to do. Go, let's celebrate. And True. that's it. Without you going, you know, I've also been thinking about, you know, and, and you get that all the time. You have to get to a place where you're like, do I want a new car? No, mm-hmm. I do not want a new car. I'm content with my current car and I can celebrate with the person that has the new mm-hmm. car. But that only comes from, I would believe, doing a wellness check on yourself, but for real. To be like, what is my emotional wellness? Because mm-hmm. as a counselor, some people's depression it's just envy. True. It's just jealousy. Mm. It's not being able to come to terms with the fact that this is my life versus her life. And a lot of that has to do with the social narratives. Now, to touch on not being kind to oneself, mm. it's hard to be kind to yourself in a world that's not kind to itself. Okay. Because if you're married to someone who's hard on themselves, guess what? In the moment you mess up and you're thinking, no, don't be hard on yourself. Well, he's going to be hard on you. (laughs) He's going to be so hard on you. You're going to be like, gosh, wow, maybe. And maybe in three weeks time, you'll be like, no, I'm going to choose to not be hard on myself. He's on a different, he's in a different space of wellness. Let's call Mm, it that way. And this is where I am. And even though he is... um, well within his rights to have those emotions about my mistake Mm. it doesn't serve me to be hard on myself yes because the end of it is what death allow the person to be hard on you Mm. and try to find a space where you're kind to you because you have to live with you true and i think sometimes when we think about death we more think about in the physical sense of dying but there's so many ways of dying every day before we actually get (laughs) to that point Mm -hmm. it's a gradual shutdown and it's actually a natural process within the human mechanism Mm -hmm. so trauma let's talk about physical trauma physical trauma is when an injury is caused on the body Mm -hmm. but trauma in the body elicits a fight or flight reflex that fight or flight reflex you do not control it's the body's way of protecting itself So if an explosion comes in here, you're going to scale this wall. You're going to turn into a mountain climber and you won't even know how you got up there. Mm. Now, emotionally, we do that too. When there's a traumatic experience, it's called shutting down. You shut down so the experience does not kill you emotionally. Mm. The issue with shutting down is you don't just shut down to that experience. You become shut down to everything else. So you can see how life becomes a gradual shutdown when we're not having real conversations with, with ourselves. ourselves about our wellness. But what at what point, and I want in you answering this to then go into your wellness mm-hmm, journey personally, mm-hmm. at what point do we realize that maybe some of the conversations we're not having with ourselves are not real and honest enough? <laughs> because it's something that I've seen in hindsight to say, I thought all along I had this and I thought this and I I was so sure. And in hindsight, I was then able to see that I actually was not okay. Mm-hmm. And I grew up, for example, being told that you've turned out much greater and better than what you would have. And so I always had a thing in my mind that says, 
I'm good because I could have been worse. But not actually recognizing the real state that I was actually in. That, yes, I could have been worse, but I'm actually not even great right now. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of work that I need to do. Mm -hmm. So can you take us through your wellness journey and how that has looked like, how that has been, the ups and the downs of it? A mess. (laughs) (laughs) A whole mess. You know when they say, thank God we don't look like what we've been through? What we've been through because it would be a disaster. What I've learned uh, through my own personal wellness Mm. journey is social wellness we spoke we spoke about mm. that aspect we're growing up or children are growing up we're existing in a time where everything's about you yes. as long as you're okay with yourself you must be good with you but that's mm. not realistic mm. you're part of a whole social circle yes it's very important when we talk about wellness and the conversations we're having with ourselves to consider our social circles for a few reasons we should be considering who is affecting the space negatively, who's affecting the space positively, but also consider negative feedback. You you constantly read on Twitter, oh, if it doesn't serve you anymore, leave. Okay, generation X and Z and Y and Z, (laughs) when are you going to learn conflict management? When are you going to learn that you can actually be wrong in a, in a situation mm. and you have to introspect about how you could have done that thing better or even make amends? You know, your life is not black and white. You mm. can't say, I'm, I'm not okay, so I must leave. leave. Sometimes mm. I'm not okay because I'm contributing to the not okayness. Mm. And in my personal wellness journey, it was so important to listen to what my social circle was telling me now. That social circle, please hear me, is very carefully vetted out. You're not just listening to anybody that's coming off Mm. the street. But I'm a mother. I have children. There's a space where your child's grievance must make you introspect. There's a a space where your husband's grievance Mm. must make you introspect Mm. or your best friend's grievance, Mm. right? And I kept getting the grievance that you're not here. Like, where are you? You're not here. And when I started having those conversations with myself, I realized that I was so traumatized so long ago that I couldn't feel love. Mm. I couldn't feel affection. And I sure as heck was not letting anybody in. (laughs) So you were there. I liked you a lot. But for you to feel it from me was just not happening. Mm. That vulnerability aspect was completely gone. And I had to consider, if I love these people so much, why are they not feeling it from me? Mm. Maybe I need to have a conversation with myself about love. Mm. Where did I learn love? Did I have love? What is love? Mm. And as soon as I started asking myself those questions, that was the breaking moment of realizing you did not have love. Yeah, You did not know love. Mm. But I wouldn't have introspected about that topic if the people I loved did not start questioning my loving of them. Did you not initially, when they raised these grievances... I fought them. That's what I was about to ask. Did you not just go like defense mode 101? I fought them. I said they must be on something. They want me to be perfect. It took years to realize that I was the problem. Essentially, I was the problem. How I was approaching these topics was the problem because I came from a traumatized context. Mm, That makes so much sense. Mm. And so then at that point... What was the the breaking point, the point where you were like, okay, I need to take this seriously? What, mm. what triggered that? How were you 
were you on your own able to say, okay, now I need to start taking this seriously. Now I need to start having no. these internal conversations. What was the the trigger there that made you cross over to the other side? There's always a trigger. You cannot do it on your own. No mm. man is an island. Mm. You're not aware of everything happening inside you mm. until something from outside comes and triggers it, right? Mm. Um, and the, the, the trigger is important, but it's also scary. Mm. You know that you're traumatized when you're having the wrong reaction to the wrong situation. Mm. That was the breaking point for me. There was a situation where I should have spoken up. I should have said, this is happening, help me. Mm. And because of my traumatic context, I started, um, well, trauma changes the lenses through which you see life. True, yes. Everything is that event. Everything is what you went through. And so I grew up in an, in a, in a, an environment where I couldn't speak. Mm. And if I did speak, I was lying. I was problematic. Mm. I was always the problem. Mm. I was trying to create a problem by being honest about what was happening to me. So I'm much older now. There's much more to lose. And this is a situation where I really should be saying, this is what's happening. Yeah. And I didn't. And the worst came out of that situation. And I realized that if I'm going to keep my life as I know it now and all the blessings that come with it, I'm going to have to contextualize my trauma. I'm going to have to say that happened in 1957 and has no bearing on the current situation in, in 2021. So that was what happened with me that made me realize, listen, if you keep seeing life through this context, you're going to lose everything that you've mm-hmm. worked so hard for. Mm. And what you're saying reminds me so much about sometimes the check for me is always to say, how many pe- other people are saying this, you know? versus me because now I'm the only one so you come to me and you say hey I've noticed this this and that and then I'm like oh no you're just over reading the situation or you know I kind of just blow you away but then somebody else says the same thing and someone I work with says the same thing and then someone I stay with says the same thing my friends start saying this so then it's a matter of all these people can't be wrong, Mm -hmm. you know, like Mm -hmm. you need to just get to a point. So that's something that I use for myself a lot Mm -hmm. to say, okay, so this is where I'm standing. Who else is standing here with me? me. Am I standing on my own? And if I am, how many other people are on the other side? And then I need to start actually taking into mind what they are saying Mm -hmm. and really examine here that, Listen, maybe divinity, you're the one that actually, you know, because sometimes people just hold up a mirror to us. And if we don't want to look in that mirror, then it becomes a bit tricky. And this is just making me think that we need to be honest that this wellness space is very unfamiliar territory for us for a lot of us it's very unfamiliar territory it's not something that we used to and for me growing up in a black community mm-hmm. it's it, wellness what for what that? what are you talking about yeah, go work go, exactly <laughs> go, go fetch your life and actually <laughs> start <it. Fetch> your <laughs> life. and things um, somebody would be going through a mental issue or a spiritual yeah. issue and yeah. nobody really cares. Everyone's like, just either pray it away and also... Work, I, work it out, man. Work it out. I mean, we all are going through so much. And another thing, black community, Christian community, Christian community, which is like, we will pray for you. We will pray with you. Prayer we will become a defense mechanism. Exactly. As to a way to a solution. And nobody actually wants to put in the work. Yep. 
Yeah. And so um, I know that you're Christian. Mm-hmm. What work, not outside of prayer, but in addition to prayer, mm-hmm. have you had to put in to ensure that your overall wellness is, is intact? Mm-hmm. In you know, way. what's interesting about Christian wellness is biblical truth Mm. versus how it's being preached there Mm. on the pulpits. Mm. Mm. And I had to come to a place where I realized that Jesus was a human being Mm. who understood things before they happened and still cried. Mm. And there was so much realness Mm. when when I look at scripture. Mm. But even even verses like, cast your burdens onto Jesus. Which burdens, my dear? Do you know your burdens? (laughs) Because I serve a God of consent. Mm. You must know what you're putting him into before Mm. he can have full reign. Mm. So in addition to my walk with Christ, man, counselors, Counselors, you 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 want to call it destiny partners, whatever you call it, counselors. Because when you start talking to someone other than yourself, see, this is where we get to social wellness. You do not have all the answers. Feedback is important. Mm. Once I sat with the counselor, this person had no sensitivities to my life. She had no sensitivities <laughs> to who I am mm. or what people call me. This person could call out my issues. And I'm like, how come you're picking it up and you just met me and my husband's been talking about this for eight years, you know? <laughs> and you're like, maybe I need to look at myself. I think counseling is important because it's like an artist. Hmm. You have a painting in your mind, but you cannot appreciate it until you put it on canvas. Hmm. That's when you can look at it and hold it and examine it and really look at the different hues and colors. Yeah. When you speak to a counselor, A lot of the times it's the first time you're speaking about your life outside of your brain. And sometimes when you say it, you hear the brokenness in it. And you can't believe, did that just leave me? That doesn't even make sense to me. Sometimes the counselor doesn't even have to examine what you're saying just by saying it. Because remember, a lot of us are having these conversations with ourselves because the older we get, the more we want to protect ourselves and Mm. our circumstance. We want to put up a front that everything is okay. My home, my marriage, my finances. And so as a result, we cocoon our emotions. So we constantly having a conversation with ourselves to sit with someone else who does not know you and has no reservations about telling you the truth means that you can be true real and vulnerable which is really sad we've gotten to a point where we trust the people we we pay with our vulnerability more than we trust our social circles but that's a story for another another day day. (laughs) Um, should you do that by hearing yourself say certain things i mean say something like my uncle raped me and my mom told me to get over it because he's my uncle Just say that out loud and ask yourself if that's normal. Mm. That's when you start breaking down. Um, Especially for me, who now has children. Mm. My children are my trigger. Mm. Can we just go there? Because they're so young, divinity. And I'll look at them and be like, did I really go through that Mm. at this age? This is why we must be kind to ourselves because we're we're hard on the 13-year-old who went into that classroom and that teacher molested her. Mm. But have you seen a 13-year-old? Have you seen how young they are? Have you seen how vulnerable and naive and bright-eyed and bushy-tailed they are? (laughs) Would you expect from that child to know what you didn't know? No. No. So you need to forgive the former selves that made decisions that maybe didn't serve them. Mm -hmm. And until you're able to have those conversations 
with yourself, I believe it's easier with someone else for you to really see. Okay, I went through this at 25. Okay, I'm 40 now. Have you seen 25-year-olds right now? Why did you expect yourself to know mm, that much? Mm. Forgive yourself. Forgive your former selves and then move on. But how it relates to Christianity for me is that if my counselor picks up that you have negative attachment syndrome, then I'll go to the Lord and say, here's my negative attachment syndrome. But you have to be aware of what your burden is. You have to acknowledge because there's a lot of people walking around screaming Christ that are dealing with massive, massive issues because we are not confronting ourselves to say, what am I actually going through? What is the burden that I need to give to the Lord? And what is the burden that I need to be aware of? Mm-hmm. Remember, even, even spiritually, we have free will. Nobody's going to take your free will. Mm. If I'm aware that I struggle with patience, then will I not be aware of my impatience when I'm dealing with situations? So if somebody is now late, for example, and I know I struggle with patience, (laughs) that's when I'll say to myself, okay, Tish, calm down. It's not that bad or, or you can't control it or whatever. Be aware of what your thing is. I did that through counseling. Mm. Okay. I and, and you know when you're talking about speaking with another person, I had someone say to me one time that you trust your own voice too much. Mm. And I get it now sitting here that it's because of all the conversations I've had with myself, you know? And I think sometimes it also comes from thinking that you don't have anyone to talk to, you don't have anyone to go to, or sometimes it's the reality of you don't have anyone else to go to. Within your social circle, you don't have anyone because Mm. if you go to your family, they're like, you're just over-exaggerating or you're just being too emotional about Mm. this and that. And so then you sit, the only person you're sitting with all the time is Mm. yourself. Mm. And so as you talk to yourself, the only conversations are, the voice rather you are hearing is with you. Mm. And then you get to a point like I did where I trusted my own voice too much. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I, there's no reason. Yeah. And then the question is, is your voice even a healed voice? The voice mm. you, you speak to. Is it, is it a traumatized voice? Is it an sure. oppressed voice? Is it a liberated voice? Because there comes a time, yes, you're getting feedback from society about who you are, but there does come a time when you should be able to look back and say, no, 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 this voice now, mm. that's the healed voice. Mm. This is the voice I'm going to listen to. But this this idea that we keep saying to people that your voice is the best voice is dangerous mm. because we live in traumatized contexts. Look True. at the stats of sure. what everybody's going through. So something happens to you when you're six years old you hold on to that experience and you begin to self-talk those negativities into your mind and it begins to dictate a life you're no longer happy with but you don't know why you're not happy but somebody's coming to tell you trust your voice your voice is the only thing you need to trust but you must ask yourself is my voice liberated is my voice well we speak of wellness. Yes, yes. Is that voice a voice that has been taken through a journey of wellness? If you haven't been on a journey with yourself of wellness, you do need to question what you're telling yourself. Mm-hmm. Because why must what you're telling you be whole? Mm. Why do you not get it? It's so interesting, Divinity, again, to look at my children. Do you know what a four-year-old is going to tell themselves is okay? <laughs> 
My son is learning to assert himself and he will assert himself in places you can't assert yourself here right now, my boy. Go to bed. (laughs) You're trying to fight me on bed? Do you know how important (laughs) sleep is? And so we assume that our inner man is wise and 80 years old and has done the work. What if your inner man is that traumatized six-year-old girl? Are you asserting yourself in places you should at work? Or are you fighting battles that are not your own? Mm. In the same token, are you holding back in places of promotion where Mm. you should actually be fighting? Because that is your space Mm. and you must own it. So that's the conversation you must have with yourself. How mature is my voice? How old is my voice? Divinity, what did you stand for Mm. when you were 2, 3, 4, 13, 25, 28? They're not the same They're not the same. You have to allow your voice to evolve. Mm. What spaces have you felt that you've needed to negotiate most in your life concerning wellness in in all the different facets and areas that we've spoken about? Everywhere. Have you ever felt that there's there's, there's spaces, the wellness spaces that were not created for you, where you were like, "Um, I feel so out of place? Yeah, definitely. I think ultimately wellness is a space you create for yourself. Okay. I don't think anyone can can create wellness for you. So it's not a space that you fit into. No. Even if it's made, even if there's a wellness space, mm-hmm. you're going to feel it's not the type of wellness that, <laughs> that you, you need. <laughs> <laughs> Humans are complex. Mm. Um, what you need, you must fight for. Mm. Because the person, even the people that love you are still not you. You see the story of love languages? Yes. Someone can love you in a language you don't receive. Exactly. How many times have we had these conversations with our spouses? It's mm. not to say that they hate us or they don't want to give us space, but they're giving us space in a way that doesn't cater to us. Mm-hmm. And that's when we have to have those conversations to say, but baby, this is my love language. Mm. And by doing that, you're making space within your relationship. But it does not mean that the person is, a, the person can love you to the moon and back. Mm. But if their love language is acts of service, they can acts of service you until you are blue. <laughs> You want quality time. <laughs> That's why I said what you need, you must take up. Nobody's going to come in and know what divinity needs. When that voice matures, when that inner voice finds herself, it can then speak to society and say, this is what I need. And in the same token, you must recognize that people have tried to That's give you space. That's what I was about to actually say, that... As much as, and just using the analogy of the love languages, as much as I've got my own love language, I need to be in a well place enough Mm. to be able to receive a different kind of love from somebody else. Come on now. Because now if I'm going to then only say, I I subscribe to this and I want nothing else, then I'm closing out the other person who's trying to find their way into my life and into my heart. And same with care and same, I mean, the way that my husband tries to create a space for me and hold up space for me, I need to recognize Mm -hmm. that as much as I'm going to be communicating that this is what I need, this Mm -hmm. is what I want. Mm -hmm. But at times he may not know. Exactly. So I need to be in a well enough place or strive to get to a well enough place where I'm able to receive exactly and and you know we we just spoke of spouses but 
how much can this be related to every, every aspect, aspect of our lives? True. That this this talk, this narrative we keep having that you are right and your voice is right and what you feel is right is not true. Because if everybody is right, divinity, we will all be wrong. Mm. That's the balance. Remember we spoke of balance yes, in the beginning. Yes. This is how we find balance in relationships. Where you get to a point in your marriage, in your friendship, where you're like, you have to recognize that though that's not how you receive love, that's the effort the person is making mm. and then the two of you negotiate space yes. of when they can be themselves and when you can be yourself mm. with your children it's the same thing when can they be them and when can you be you mm. you have to allow that in your wellness right your wellness journey there's also that social wellness we're talking yes. about are you the wellness for somebody else? else. Because the issue with sure. self-talk and I'm right and my journey is right is that we're trying to make sure people are well, right? Mm. But are people are well? Are people well when they experience you? Mm. Is it just about your wellness or are you trying to be well to make space for other, other people, people to work on their wellness? Hmm. Something to think about. Something to think about. Okay. So I'm going to say a statement Mm -hmm. and you're going to reply with a true or false. Okay. Okay. Wellness is a marathon, not a sprint. True. Okay. And how then do we gain strength and maintain endurance? For me personally, my endurance comes from the belief that as long as I'm alive, Mm. I'm learning. Mm. We never make it. This is not a movie. Mm. Um, Earlier you asked me what aspects of wellness have I had to work on and I said everything. Mm. And I immediately had a check in my soul Mm. to say you've had to work on everything that you are aware of now. Sure. Yeah. Because (laughs) life is a series of triggers. Every single trigger that I decided to to be um, proactive about, because you can have triggers and just chill. Wellness is saying, I had a trigger. What is that? Let me go find out what it is and work on it. It's the triggers I've had up until now. now. What is my trigger in 10 years time? As, as, as someone who's been a victim of sexual abuse a lot in my youth, mm. I had a trigger when I was getting married. I had a trigger when I got pregnant with a girl. Trigger, mm. trigger, trigger mm. that I had to deal with. I've dealt with it up until this point that she's a toddler. Mm. But what will that look like when she's going to varsity? She says, mommy, I'm going to res <gasps> out of the house. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. This thing is a marathon. This thing called life is a marathon. And we have to stop thinking that there's a point at which we're going to get it. Mm. That puts more stress on us. But it's the realization that at this point in my life, this and this and this and this is my trigger and I'm willing to work on it. Mm. I think that's the endurance is Mm. that as long as you're alive, you're working on something. Mm. If you think about it that way, it'll be much easier to deal Mm. with your wellness Mm. than to tell yourself, no, but you should know. How many times have you gone through something, divinity, and you're just hitting? You're like, I should have should known. Have. I should have known based on what? Are you the second reincarnation of yourself in a previous <laughs> life? I mean, it would be nice. These are things that are spoken of, but it's not my experience of myself. So I do not know. Based on what was I supposed to know the answer to that thing? Be kind to yourself. Run it slowly. Walk it. Limp it. Some people have disabilities. Roll it. Mm. It's your thing. As long as you're moving. And take also the necessary stops along the way. Yes. Don't be afraid to just stop and breathe. Yeah. I mean, even as I, when I said as long as you're moving, then I'm like, no. 
Sometimes take a vacay. <laughs> Sometimes stop. That spa day, that me time, that's the stop. Take a break and breathe. Because even the analogy of the marathon, right? Mm. I have a problem with that. Okay. Because it denotes that there are other people in that race mm. and that it's a race. But it's a, it's a solo marathon. Mm. I don't know if you get what I mean. And I've heard it a lot, sprint versus marathon. And I always question that because a sprint against who? Mm. A sprint, a marathon against what? Time? Because my time is not your time. I don't know how long I'm going to be here. Do you know? Mm. It would have been easy if I was born and I was given 60. That's when you're dying. Then it's a sprint or a marathon because you know time is ticking. But I don't. So it's a sprint and a marathon based on what? Mm. I would rather call it a journey mm. because a journey can be by yourself. Mm. But a sprint and marathon has other people in it who are competing for the same price. But all the cars can be on a journey that goes different directions and is not dictated by whether these people stop for drinks or those stop at Wimpy. But are we really on our own? We're not on our own. And that's why I said the journey's in the different cars. Like yeah. we can meet up at the Wimpy. Okay. But I think my issue, especially for millennials and Gen Zs, mm. it's this idea that I'm competing against someone. Mm. And whenever we think race, whether it's a marathon mm. or a sprint, mm. the competitive aspect of those words mm. is what concerns me. But when you say journey, you can be on a journey with many people. Mm. Even if you're on a car, on a party bus, university mm. students, <laughs> if you're on a party bus, on a, mm. a pub crawling, mm. you're not competing with each other mm. on that bus mm. because it's a journey and you've all come as you are. So I think that's that's what I would negotiate. And I always have been in my head. I'm just saying it with you now. Is, is it really a, a sprint or a marathon? Because then we're competing for the same thing. Mm -hmm. But when it's a journey, though we're going to the same place, the intentions are not ones of competition. True. Another something to think about. <laughs> <laughs> Talk over coffee. You know. <laughs> and one of the things that I've found to be so important, and I've heard it come up even with you, mm. is... A holding up space, mm -hmm. the importance of having people holding up space for you to be able to discover yourself, to be able to unlearn certain things, to be able to grow, to be able to evolve, you know, just the whole concept of holding up space. Mm -hmm. And I try as much as I can to hold up space, to pay it forward and mm -hmm. hold up space for other people because mm -hmm. I've seen the, uh, people holding up space in my life and I've seen how amazing it has been, how it has helped soften the blow sometimes. Yeah. So how do you hold up space for the people that you come across with and you meet and the people that are in your life? How do you make sure that you, you're holding up the same space for them as they have done for you? Hmm. That's quite a profound one. I think the best way that I'm, I'm finding isn't because I'm on it to do that mm. is to firstly discover who that person is. Because like we spoke about it earlier, we can hold up space in a way that the person doesn't recognize that this is you holding up space. Mm. And the best way I can describe it is with my children. I always say I don't raise my children according to who I am. I raise my children according to who they, who are. they are. So my son needs something different than my daughter needs. Um, holding up space for my daughter is playing with her and throwing throwing her up and down. Mm. Holding up space for my son is giving him his own time. Mm. 
mm. and he'll come to you when he wants to. Mm. And that learning curve has really helped me with the people in my life. There are certain people where I can sense they have nobody and they're looking for somebody. I will go to them if I feel I'm the person to walk, walk that journey with them, of course. And I'll yes. say, listen, if you ever need to talk to somebody, I'm here for you. Just know that that door is open whenever you're ready come by then there's another person who needs you to pull them out there are certain people sure. who are never gonna mm. come to you you need to pick up this thing that they're not coming and there are certain people you pull them out you're like listen come to dinner we need to talk mm. so the first step for me in holding up space for others is to truly be intentional about getting to know certain people in your life making time for them if if you see that they have value to you. Of course, this is not for everybody because yes. we're talking about vulnerability here. True. Once you recognize the value in that person in your life or even the value in them that you just want to point to them or whatever it is, spend time with them. Get to know them and you'll you'll see how you make space for that person. And mm -hmm. sometimes it looks completely different than what somebody else making space for you looks like. Mm -hmm. If you want to make space for me, talk to me. Mm. presence make time with me mm. and i'll break it down and cry with you um making space for me taking me to a club that's not my thing but that's someone else's thing because that's how they distress mm. so get to know the people around you and you'll you'll figure out how to make space for them sure what a conversation <laughs> oh i am so full you know i think we've touched on so many different things the key thing that stands out for me is honesty. Mm. Honesty with yourself, yourself honesty with the other people. Honesty, honesty, honesty. Yeah. And the second thing is forgiveness. Mm. Be able to forgive yourself, mm. be able to forgive mm. others mm. because sometimes they just mm. don't know. I saw something, uh, I think, during the week and it made me remember that the, the standards that we hold ourselves by don't have to be the standards that we hold other people by. Come on. And I think that's just sometimes something we forget. You know, as you speak on forgiveness, it's a huge part of wellness, hey? It is. Because you sit with that unforgiveness or whatever it mm. is. If there's anything I can say today is we have to recognize one of two things on the journey of forgiveness. Forgiveness is a solo journey. You don't need the other person mm. to decide you're forgiving because it benefits you. There's forgiveness versus restitution. Restitution is when forgiveness comes from talking to the other person. And a lot of us get the two conflated. We think we cannot move on until we talk to the other person. But as you so rightfully put it, some people are not are just not there. Not. They will never recognize that they did you wrong. Does that mean you sit with that unforgiveness and the consequences thereof for the rest of your life? You can't. Always try for restitution. If the person is able to talk and you work it out, that's great. Mm -hmm. But you have to be able to recognize that some people will never acknowledge what they put you through. And therefore, you must let it go. You must do the solo journey. And some people are dead. Mm. Some of the people that did you wrong, they are no more. True. And you remember cannot, we spoke about death earlier. Yeah, mm. you cannot hold yourself accountable for what they put you through just because they're not there to account for it. So you have to make the distinction between is this a situation where I must forgive or find resolution. Mm. Mm. Totally. Thank you so much for being here. It has been such an amazing conversation. So sure. many takeouts from myself. Me I've too. learned a lot from you. I've seen pieces and parts of me <laughs> in you. And 
it really is taking me back to a journey back to self mm-hmm. fuller better mm-hmm. more whole mm. and i'm able to then also say okay in my wellness journey what do i do now what's the next step mm-hmm. type of thing so i really appreciate you sharing yourself sharing your time sharing your story and it's been awesome Thank you. Thank you for having me. You've given me questions that I'm going to sit with for the next until December. Thanks. <laughs> Sorted with the rest of the, the year. Depth, the richness. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Be part of our community and follow us on our social media platforms. Till we meet again next week. Magudete obumnyama kuvele ukukanya. Love and light. Evolution is the key to breaking the cycle of the norm. Thank you.